It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another edition of CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. What a bounce back win for the Blue Jackets last night. Just one night after they were throttled by the Calgary Flames 6-0, Blue Jackets came back with a huge 5-3 win over the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers, the favorite NHL team of Linda Cohn from ESPN. I'm going to be talking to her in just a few moments. But what a night it was for Boone Jenner last evening. The Blue Jackets captain led the way. He had two goals in the game last night, and he also added two assists. Four-point night for Boone Jenner. Zach Wierenski who after the Calgary game was very critical of Zach Wierenski. Bounced back in a big way. He had three assists in that game last night. And Sean Corrali wound up with two goals, one of those an empty net goal. So just an overall good performance by the Blue Jackets as they get the win. Again, it is a much-needed win. And now there are two games left before the All-Star break, one in Montreal on Sunday and the other back here at Nationwide Arena against the Florida Panthers on Monday. Before I talk with Linda Cohn, I want to tell you about the good folks over at Telhio Credit Union. You know, they have been serving the area for a long, long time, and they've been doing it extremely well. You don't get to do something for a long time if you do it badly. You have to be good at it, and that's what the people at Telhio Credit Union are. They are good at taking care of their customers. If you'd like to find out the different services that they provide, just go to their website at telhio.org. You can surf around, click on the different tabs, and you can find out what they offer that might benefit you. It's very simple. And if you can't find the answer to the question that you're looking for, if you are looking at the website during the business hours, you can find a live chat option on the right-hand side of the screen. Telhio Credit Union is open to everyone in Central and Southwestern Ohio. They are federally insured by NCUA. All right, my guest today started off as a high school hockey goalie, went on to be a very good college hockey goalie, and then was one of the first women to join ESPN when they started SportsCenter a long, long time ago. Please welcome to the show a huge fan of the National Hockey League, Linda Cohn. Well, Linda, when the NHL went back to ESPN, I'm sure there were a lot of people that were happy about that, but two people in my mind that had to be the happiest. One is you, and the other is Barry Melrose. And if I'm correct, (laughs) if I'm correct, what order does it go in? Uh, I'll give the coach and cause he's older than me, the respect senior citizens, uh, deserve Bob. And thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was Barry, it was me, uh, butcher grass that those are the three that come to you know, mine, but yeah, I'm first because I've ha- I felt like I've ha- let, 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 let the light, uh, kept, kept the light lit. Okay. There we go. Kept the light lit. I always felt it was, I, I know why down. you had a hard time saying that because you were a goalie and you never want the light to be lit. So that's true. That, that's it's, what it's happened there. Nightmares, Bob. Nightmares. <laughs> Plus, I'm coming to you from the West Coast where I live now. So it's three hours behind. So it's early for me as we speak and tape this podcast. <laughs> so um, I'll give that. That's OK. Now I'm done with excuses. Uh, and I almost got hit by the puck when I was in between the benches uh, the other night in Seattle uh, when Nashville was in town. So that has something to do with it, too. I still got my reflexes. I was still ready. We could tell that story later. I told it on my podcast uh, with Emily Kaplan in the crease. But anyway, what was the question, Bob? Yes, we love the fact that the NHL is back on ESPN. Listen, it's been a long time, uh, but I just held out hope, Bob. I mean, it, it's the greatest sport in the world. And ESPN, thanks to Jimmy Pitaro, the worldwide leader, leader, 
Uh, he was always a hockey fan, grew up a Rangers fan. And he, that was like his, one of his first goals when he took this role is to bring the NHL back to ESPN and he succeeded. And it's been fun because honestly, Bob, and I've been saying this before to a lot of the people, the fact that at my stage of the game, being in this business, as long as I have, uh, to think that I now, I, it was like a rebirth for me to have opportunities to do things I never thought I would like going between the benches for games in an NHL game. Never thought I would have that opportunity. And I'd never would have that chance to do that if it wasn't for the NHL coming back to ESPN. So I'm glad Gary Bettman and Jimmy Pitara worked the whole thing out. So me, not that it's about me, Bob, but me can have new experiences that I've always dreamed about taking part in. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, Linda. And also, as you were talking about, not only has the game changed since it used to be on ESPN, but everything has changed. The media has changed uh, with ESPN Plus, having all of the uh, exclusive yeah. games that they have. And you're talking about your podcast, In the Crease, with Emily Kaplan. I mean, podcast, back when uh, the NHL was on ESPN the first time around, it was pretty much, hey, the game's on ESPN, and when the game's over, you're going to Sports Center, and that's the end of it. But now right. it lives all day long. Yeah, that's a great, great point. You know what's great about ESPN Plus, besides the fact you can get every game, and um, is the fact that you can watch these games anytime. Like, you know what it is, Bob, like being in the business. We hate to do air, or hear air checks of ourselves or watch tapes of ourselves. Am I right, Bob? Yeah, like, you are. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because, <laughs> like, when I work with kids and I tell them to listen to themselves yeah. and they're like, I don't like it. And I said, yeah, you're going to hate it. You're going to hate it for your entire life. And I think there might be some people that like it, but I'm with you. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, it's I not can't fun. stand it. But the right. beauty of ESPN Plus is, so I was able to watch the game that I did and kind of look for things and get better that way and hone my skills because that's the beauty of streaming, right? You can watch these things whenever you want to, which is great. And even if you see the event live, it's going to be there if you want to rewatch it and see it again. So there are many advantages of subscribing to ESPN Plus besides the great hockey, because all the great things, including Tom Brady's man in the arena, which I love. Um, sadly, that might be coming to an end because he might be walking away and I'll be crying his biggest fan. But anyway, I digress, Bob. But yeah, uh, it's really cool to have uh, um, have the hockey on ESPN Plus because of that. And that's the world we live in. And social media, that's the world we live in. Something that was not there back in the day when the NHL was on ESPN as well. So times are changing. Most, most of it for the great. Yeah, I want to talk to you about being between the benches, but first I want to really set the stage for uh, what you have done in your life here. And I'm talking with Linda Cohn from ESPN. You see her anchoring Sports Center. You see her in between the benches during the NHL games. But when, when you started out, you started to play goal as a teenager. And first of all, I want to ask you why the goalie position and how hard was it for you to break in at that time as a, a girl and a woman that was trying to play what was considered the, pretty much a boy's sport? Yeah, Bob, why the goalie position? I'll tell you why. Uh, I would, you know, this is not, don't get out the violins for me, but this is how it happened. Uh, first of all, I love the game of hockey because of my dad, no longer with us, but he, he lived and died with the Rangers. You know, I learned some great curse words because of the New York Rangers back in the day watching them, but it was great to bond with my dad over the Rangers and the other sports as well. The Giants and the Rangers were our two big things, big sport, big teams growing up. Of course, I grew up on Long Island in New York. And yeah, I was a Rangers fan on Long Island. Sorry, Islander fan. Yeah, how does that work? Yeah, they all know. I, you know, it's funny, a quick side note. When I first discovered hockey, thanks to my dad growing up on Long Island, uh, you, you know, the uh, the Islanders 
they, they existed, born in 1972, and I was a kid then, and I realized they were on the radio, and actually the first hockey, and I know you love the radio because that's what yep. you do, Bob, but the first uh, hockey game I ever saw or listened to, or actually listened, was, listened, was on the radio, and it was an Islanders broadcast in the, the second year in existence, and of course, they weren't great then, but they were on their way quickly, and so the first team I actually embrace was the New York Islanders. But quickly, as the postseason came around and there was the Rangers in the playoffs, I realized, oh my God, this is much more exciting. A, they were on TV. B, it was the playoffs and the level of intensity, as we all know, of course, but when you're a kid and you're just watching it for the first time, you see it's a different game. So I fell in love with the Rangers and also watching it with my dad. But uh, playing goalie, uh, I was a kid with very low self-esteem. When I was a kid, I wore very thick glasses and I wasn't very popular. And I just love sports. I was a Tom girl, Tom boy, whatever. And, uh, you know, I, um, I, being a goalie gave me, uh, I was a center of attention. So think about it. When you have a kid with low self-esteem and nobody knows you exist or looks, looks at you, when you're a goalie, you are the center of attention. And uh, when I was playing street hockey with the boys, I realized I was pretty good at it. You know, I was in net. I wore, had a baseball glove and some other hand-me-down equipment. And I, for a, for a kid that was nearsighted, I had good eye-hand coordination. I don't know how. So then, uh, then I got contact lenses when I was like 14 years old. And then my mother found an ice rink that let girls play with boys. But the thing was, the boys had to be so much younger. So when I started playing ice hockey, A, I learned to skate, by the way, with 40 pounds of goalie equipment on. I didn't know how to skate. So I learned to skate with goalie pads uh, and goalie equipment. Two, I had to play with boys that were significantly younger than me. So my first year playing was 14 and I had to play with eight-year-old boys. So you ask the question, how is it different? How, you know, I had to block out the noise. I learned to block out the noise. And when I mean noise back then, when you're a 14-year-old playing with eight-year-olds, it was like when you heard the mothers of the eight-year-olds saying, what is she doing? Who is that? You know, the ponytail behind my goalie mask. She should be babysitting my kids, not playing hockey with my kids. And so I had to block all that out. And, you know, so that's why I became a goalie because it was gave me an opportunity to have this stage and, and you know, be, be the center of attention in a great way and risk being the GOAT. I mean, I mean GOAT, I don't mean greatest of all time. <laughs> I mean, the, the terminology, the definition back in the day when we were growing up, GOAT was like, not good, it's her fault, you know? So that's really the whole definition of why goalie. Please tell me that you had a great win-loss record playing against eight and nine-year-olds. Oh, I did. I was fantastic. <laughs> I opened up the eyes of all the scouts that came to see me back then. <laughs> no, I, I was great. So I was so good that I made the, um, I tried out for the, my boy, the boys team in high school. So I tried out when I was a junior and when I was 16, didn't make it. There were a bunch of goalies trying out, uh, but I opened up their eyes then. And then I came back when I was a senior and I made the team as the backup goalie. Uh, you know, started eight of the 35 games. And then I was in for mop-up duty. Uh, it was for me better than the senior prom, especially since <laughs> I couldn't go to the senior prom with the captain of the hockey team and, or the quarterback of uh, my high school team. So I decided not to go. <laughs> and then you parlayed that into a college career. You went to yeah. the state university of New York in Oswego. I know where that is very well because I spent 10 years in central New York. I worked in Syracuse and sure. I've, I've been to Oswego now that, the building there is much newer and much prettier now than I'm sure yes. played in when you were there. Romney Fieldhouse is gorgeous now. <laughs> yeah. Now I've got to ask you, I, 
I meant to look this up and I, and I forgot to uh, look it up. I don't know if Oswego is the snow capital of at least the United States, maybe the world, because I've been there and it doesn't snow in inches. It snows in feet. In <laughs> yeah, it's got to be right up there. I got to give Buffalo its props, too, because they have to be high on that list. Uh, but, you know, I got used to it, it was fun. Uh, it was great. You know, hardly anything, though, was canceled. Like, that's the thing. Classes were never canceled because it was just part of the uh, education there at Oswego. But I'll tell people you People ask I... me all the time. Yeah, people ask me ahead. in Columbus all the time. We get, like, a dusting of snow. Yeah. And nobody can drive, right? You know yeah, how it works. Of course. Pe people always say to me, how did you live in Syracuse for 10 years? I said, very simple. It snowed every single day. They got the plows out. They cleaned off the roads. Yeah. You went to work and you came home. You were just used to driving in it every day, right? Exactly. Let the pros be pros. Right. That's what they do. You know, they know what they're doing uh, for sure. Yeah, it's always funny. You know, now I live in LA and the funny, no, they don't get snow here, Bob, but uh, when it rains and sometimes it really monsoons here during the winter months. And I know that's like comical for people like us from the East Coast and the flip snow and blizzards and all that. And But when it monsoons here and it rains a lot, or even when it's just a little bit of rain, people freak out here. They don't know how to drive in the rain. Like, and God forbid they're driving in the rain at night. Stay off the roads. My God, your life might be in danger. So it's kind of funny. I get a kick out of that uh, for sure. <laughs> so you played goal in college in as yes. we go. Uh, with I know with in... women for the first time. So let's right. make it clear. That was the first time I played. There was a women's hockey team. The first time I played uh, hockey with women. Yeah. And you, and you did a pretty good job of it because you're in their Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, that worked out well. I had good teammates around me. But no, I it was it was a fantastic experience. Um you know, for sure. And it, it was before, before the boom of women's hockey, Bob, right? I mean, it was, right. it was so pre, it was prehistoric. I don't mind it. I can say it, but um, it, I was so glad I had that opportunity uh, to play on a women's team, but now it's just so satisfying and gratifying to see in the decades that followed all these incredible talented women who play the game, grew up watching their favorite teams, probably with their dad or their mom or both fell in love with the game and decided, you know what? I don't want to figure skate. Mom and dad, buy me those hockey skates. And sometimes mom and dad, buy me those goalie skates. They're the coolest looking <laughs> oh, things I've ever seen. Yeah. They're the most expensive <laughs> things I've ever seen too. Oh, right? all the equipment. <laughs> you, you you speak like you know, you have experience in that, yeah. buying that. Oh yeah. I, I had, uh, when my oldest son was coming up through high school and playing it, you know, designing your own equipment which he yeah, never got fun. you know he, actually he he got pretty good at it he got pretty good at getting on ebay or getting on other sites and finding something that he liked that was in good shape that he was getting for a reasonable uh reasonable price so i really appreciated that from him but that never stopped him from uh making his own goalie equipment and saying hey what do you think of this and i'd look at the price and i'd say looks great on paper let's just leave it on paper <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so linda where does the uh Where'd the broadcast angle come in um, during college, I imagine, right? Yeah, it did. Uh, because, you know, at that time I was thinking, all right, so I can't be a professional hockey player. That's out. So I need some backup plans. And what is the, what is the best opportunity for me to stay in touch with something that makes me feel great, right? That filled that void, and, you know, which we talked about earlier, hockey and all of that make me, you know, and it was something I knew. And it wasn't a new language to me. It was, an, it was a natural, everything about the game, because I played it, followed it, watched so many games growing up. So, uh, you know, I'm, I wasn't a great writer. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, 
sentence fragments. Uh, I once did a paper, an intro to journalism my freshman year. I got a D and the professor wrote sentence fragments. I still to this day don't know what I did wrong and don't know what that is. So I knew writing, you know, for journalism purposes was out. I wrote a book once called Conehead, a no holds barred account of breaking into the boys club, but I wrote it like I talk, like I'm talking to you. So no journalism needed. Um, so Broadcasting was easier for me. And I just figured, you know, I'd always have a backup plan, right? You know, Bob, if, if this didn't work out, you know, then maybe I would go into PR, you know, for a team. I just wanted to make sure I was following a dream. And as they say, what's that old cliche, right? You know, I don't want to work for a living, right? You know, I would do something that I love. If I can get away with doing that, that's a win. I agree. I mean, when I got into this, it was, uh, let's see how long I can do this. And yeah. like, like you said, you're wondering what the backup plan is. And I, I know for me, when I was in the minor leagues and you're there for a long time, you start to question, am I ever going to get an opportunity to, to get to the major leagues and whatever sport it is. And, um, and you don't know, but you're still like, well, I don't want to think of something else. I want to continue to do this. And how did you keep going? You know, you were in the minors doing it a while. How did you keep your spirits up and keep believing? I'll be honest with you. Um, I really always thought, that there was going to be an opportunity here in Columbus. And I started this as a baseball guy. Like my dream was to do major league baseball. And, and my first job in professional sports, well, my first job in professional sports was a mascot for the Johnstown Chiefs in the East Coast Hockey League. That's how I broke into pro sports. I love mascots. <laughs> but, yeah, you've done a lot of commercials with them. They're, yeah. they're, this is sports They're always commercial. the best. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but, Continue but your then, story. But then, yeah, I got into baseball and I, and I kind of fell into hockey as, um, you know, it just kind of, happened and then it was a winter job and then i was like okay well you know this is nice and then i wound up in the american hockey league when i didn't think i was ready for it but i i always felt like there was the people in columbus always treated me well when i was in syracuse and there were there were opportunities to do things intermission features here and um you know i i always had back and forth and i always felt like that there was going to be uh, a chance at some point there was going to be a chance and so that kept me going. And then fortunately I was right. There was a chance and here I am. So nice. That's the story. All right, um, so you've been with ESPN for a long, long time. I mean, you, you talk about uh, trailblazers. That's really what you were when you, when you came to ESPN and started doing sports center, which you've now done for a long, long time. Um, when you look back at, at your career there, what kind of a sense of pride do you have and how long you've been able to do what you do and not just the sports centers, because as we were talking about, you're into so many different things now. Yeah. Um, I listen, you, you, I sound like in one of those athletes, right. That say, you know, you don't think about that when you're in the moment. And I don't think about that when I'm in the I just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. I ask myself, do I still like to do this? Do I like it enough to keep doing it? Uh, sure. You want to pay the bills and you want to, you know, you don't want, don't want to have to worry, but if people are still, if you're still connecting, like I feel I still can connect to fans, just like I did at the beginning of my career. I started uh, in my career, even before ESPN, working seven, seven days a week, uh, freelancing, doing radio, uh, local TV on Long Island, uh, worked in you know, New York City, and then getting the opportunity working in Seattle, Washington, where I got my first big TV gig, being a sports reporter and sports anchor. And that's where ESPN spotted me back in 1992. So I've been at ESPN since 1992, which is crazy. So when I look back, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm really proud of the fact that, yeah, that all these young women, all, um, and I see the growth in, in broadcasting with all these amazing, talented women. And many of them reach out to me and say, 
you know, I grew up with you. You're amazing. But you know, what's pretty cool. The guys too, you know, when I meet them, they're like Linda, you know, hockey players, even when I did the Seattle game, you know, Colin Blackwell, who I actually think he's fabulous. And he was a great ranger until they had to leave him exposed in the expansion draft, probably ends up on another team, by the way, uh, in a couple of months. But, um, you know, he, he, he waited to talk to me to say, you know, or Joey Decord, the backup goalie for Seattle, you know, they're like, Hey, Linda, always a big fan grew up with you. And I love that. But getting back to, you know, the impact and all that. And I, yeah, I never thought at my age at this stage, Bob, I'd still be doing this. I'm so grateful and thankful I am, but I must be doing something right. And, you know, doing some stuff on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio and Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. That also keeps me tied into another group of fans, another group of listeners that perhaps did not grow up with me on SportsCenter or, or stopped watching ESPN and don't care about it. And I get that. That's fine. And it's all more about podcasts, which is why I have in the In the Crease podcast uh, with Emily Kaplan, which has worked out well. But um, why, why stop, right? If you still, you know, if you still feel an itch, you know, well, you know, just keep going and keep going. I'll know when I'm like Tom Brady, I'll know when to stop. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to let anyone tell me when I will make that decision. And I will not be Aaron Rodgers who says, I'm not going to let this drag on, but let's it drag on forever. Nobody cares. Uh, so yeah, I'm more Brady than Rodgers. Thank you. Talking with Linda Cohn of ESPN. One of my favorite stories was back, I think it was 2015, when the Florida Panthers were looking for a practice goalie. And they <laughs> basically had open auditions for a quote-unquote backup goalie position. Right, and, right. And you went in and, and you auditioned for that. And, and of course, you, you made a good feature out of it for yeah. ESPN and all of that stuff. But what was that like for you? I mean, we've just talked about you started yeah. playing against eight and nine-year-olds. You finally get on your high school team. You play in college, and all of a sudden, you're in a National Hockey League arena. You're dressed in the gear, and you're yeah. facing shots from NHL yeah. players. What was that like? Oh, man. I was so nervous. You know, I was just so nervous uh, because it had been a while between getting on the ice. I mean, you had your here and there celebrity games, but I mean, <laughs> facing the kind of rubber that was going to be thrown at me. And it was just, it was just so fun. And to this day, I thank the Florida Panthers uh, for letting me do that. But um, when Sean, I always just remember, my, it was my turn, Bob. The first shot I faced was from Sean Thornton. And he whistled the first shot I faced right by my ear. And of course, it went in the net. I couldn't even get my glove up fast enough. Went right by my ear in the top corner. And I'm like, all right, take a deep breath. And so then, honestly, I, it was a mixture. After Sean, he would be in the rotation, be all kinds of shooters. So I don't want to say, but I did stop the next 10 shots from like a myriad of all different levels of shooters. And at that, I was really proud of that, but I'll always remember the first by Sean Thornton whistling by my ear. He's like, all right, Linda, you want to be here. Here you go. But it was all in fun, but it was really great. I'm so thankful for that opportunity. Yeah. It's a different world, Bob, when you're down on that ice and you're facing that kind of uh, that level of shot making. So now to bring it all the way back to you between the benches, and you said earlier, you still have yeah. your reflexes. You got out of the way. Yeah. You're not supposed to get out yes. of the way as yes. a goalie. I mean, do you ever, do, did you have any, was any part of you thinking about, I got to reach the hand out there and grab this thing? No way. I had no piece <laughs> of my equipment on. Come on, Bob. Are you kidding me? 
No way. I had the broadcasting uniform on, not, not the, not the 40 pounds of equipment protecting my body. Uh, so yeah, it went, it did this one went whistling right in front of me. Uh, and it was funny. I think it was Colin Blackwell who told me, did Alexander Carrier apologize, you know, of Nashville? Cause he did it. I saw him do it. I go, I don't know. They all were, they all actually were really nice. Few of the predators were like, they're making jokes and then through the glass. You know, because you're really protected now. But anyway, the puck went right by me, hit the inner glass that uh, protects the predators, you know, that side of the bench. And the puck dropped to my feet. I didn't miss a beat. I just picked up the puck. Fans were behind me, threw the puck over to a fan, right? You know, and then and then I look up and I see some of the predators like trying to get my attention. The assistant coach, I forgot who it was, was like, you know, whoa, you know, was it, <laughs> all that kind was of it, stuff. Was it Dan Hynote? I don't know who it was. I couldn't Cause, tell. Because Dan Highnote and Todd Richards are both there, and they both were with the Blue Jackets. So okay, I, it, I know it wasn't definitely was not Todd Richards because I well, know him. Dan Highnote's okay. the kind of guy that would be trying to get your attention. I, well, I'm then it must have been him. <laughs> it must have been him. Uh, and then, of course, you know, a couple of them were like, uh, it's like a you okay? And then, of course, like you know, a couple of Kraken players wanted to make sure. And then one of the officials came by a bit later, and I said, "I'm okay. I'm a goalie. I was ready. I know when to, you know, look the other way." Or let my defenseman, which in this case was the glass, don't worry about it. Don't touch it. No, but here's what a goalie does. She follows the puck, which is what I did, which is why I got the hell out of the way. <laughs> you can still track it. You can still track it, Linda. Can still track it, Bob. Even this nearsighted girl can still track the puck. What do you think about uh, what do you think about Seattle? We were there a couple of weeks uh, ago. Uh, I was really impressed. Build it, just... The building's great. Yeah. <laughs> the building's great, right? Uh, no, listen, it's tough. I feel for Ron Francis. Had a conversation with him uh, the day of the game before the puck was dropped against Nashville. You know, they battle. You know, Ron Francis. Well, the biggest takeaway I have from this team every night is that I'm proud that they battle every night, uh, and they're in games. There was a lot of adversity, but Francis was not using that as an excuse. Everyone has the COVID excuse, um, the schedule, the way it aligned because of COVID, you know, who you're getting, who you're playing on your second of back-to-backs when the other team isn't playing a back-to-back. I mean, Columbus lives that. I mean, every, every team in the National Hockey League, you know, has issues uh, and all that. But uh, we knew the team. Here's the thing. I'm with Francis. When he picked Philip Grubauer to go with Chris Drieger, I was with him. I thought he was getting one of the best goalie tandems in the National Hockey League. Yeah, Drieger has been hurt left and right, different uh, parts of his body. And then, of course, Grubauer has just simply struggled. And so it starts there. They're still looking for that timely save. It hasn't come enough. And and I think that was was a big reason for their loss against Nashville, oh, by the way. And we knew this team would have trouble scoring. But, you know, we didn't think the goaltending would struggle as much. And we didn't think um, the guys on the back line would struggle at times as much. And, and you know, there'll be a lot of players available. Uh, you know, we'll see what the offer is. And that's what I asked Ron Francis, you know, which guys. And he said, everybody's out there. It just depends on the offer. And that includes the captain, Mark Giordano, you would think, too, you know, could be available. And I, and I would think Columbus you know, as we switch gears, it's sort of like in the same boat, which is kind of disappointing, obviously far from an expansion team, but I was one of the ones that I thought, you know what, they were going to be in the mix for a postseason berth. And now you got to look to be sellers, you would think, to continue oh, yeah. the rebuild, you know? Yeah, there's, there's no doubt. And, you know, it's funny because like here, when you start 12 and six after your first 18, people get really yeah, excited. And, and, sure. and, you, and of course you buy in, right? I mean, even I knew going into it, uh, this is the take one step back to take two steps forward. And then all of a sudden you're running out of the gate, you're 12 and six. And 
Uh, and now it's kind of settled back to probably where it should have been at the beginning, mm, unfortunately. Yeah. And But it's a lot different around here. It, it's a lot different with the players that have left. Nick Foligno, Seth Jones, Cam Atkinson, David Savard, all have gone here. Artemi but, Panarin. Artemi Panarin. I try to see. I, I, I try to <laughs> block that one out. <laughs> Just say Can't Sergey Bobrovsky, too. Just go ahead and yeah. say it. Um, but, but we're without torts. And you yeah. have it. You guys yeah. have torts. I love torts. Well, I do too. I, the highlight of my day was my pregame interview with John Tortorella uh, every game day. And he's, um, he's a very misunderstood and unique human being. And, you I, know, I, I still, know. I, I still see people on the street today. They go, well, you must be happy that Tortorella's gone. And I'm like, absolutely not. I, and that's nothing against Brad Larson, who's the coach here now, who's great. But there, there's just something about John Tortorella. Don't you agree with me on that? Yeah, I agree with you in so many ways. He'll always, especially from us who work in the media, he'll always give us something, right? Yeah. It just, it, it could be, it could be one statement and that becomes the headline. That's all he needs to say is one statement, one line and walk out of the press conference and then you got a story, yeah. <laughs> you know? But I love how he defends the troops, meaning not only the troops of our country. I should, you know, it's interesting mm -hmm. uh, what I just said, which is absolutely the truth, of course. But the way he defends his team, you know, I always look back, you know, I loved him when he was the head coach of the Rangers. Uh, you know, he brought, he got the most out of that young team. I feel he's still so great with the young players. I mean, he helped mold the Ryan McDonough's, the Derek Stepans, just to name two, uh, back in the, the JT Millers, all these kind of players. It was, it was all torts. Um, but getting back to uh, John Tortorella and what he brings, I just think he is misunderstood. And, I, and he will get another head coaching job. Um, I don't know. I'm with you. I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm in the same camp. He does not realize how much media people like us, Bob, love him. He doesn't want to think about it. He doesn't no, he acknowledge doesn't. it. He doesn't. I, I, I texted him a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him if he misses doing interviews with me more than talking about chicken parm, reading <laughs> yeah. tweets about chicken parm. Yeah. He said, I don't. I don't like either one of those things. So there you go. <laughs> no. Yeah. Hey, Bob, each of those topics get kind of old quick. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. All right, Linda. So we're, we're at the all-star break, basically here getting to the all-star break. Um, who do you like? Who do you think is uh, the real deal right now in the national hockey league? Uh, you know, are the Florida Panthers, are, are they real? Are, are they going to be able to take that next step? Uh, the Carolina hurricanes. I'm talking about some of the players or the teams that we see a lot here. Um, and then, you know, before you get out West, we just saw Calgary this week and they looked tremendous yeah. too. So uh, yeah. who do you like? Uh, well, my preseason pick was Colorado and I didn't pick them a year yeah. ago. I picked the lightning and they turned out to win uh, their second in a row. So I think they're really gelling at the right time. I always worry about the goaltending, even though Darcy Kemper is playing well now and they have Pavel Francos uh, backing him up and they're both playing very well. Uh, so right, right there, Colorado is up in the elite, as is Tampa. I'm not counting out Tampa to three, Pete. Nope. anyone who thinks they're going to not, not, you know, not with that goalie, up. not with no, that goalie, you can't. not with that goalie. He's the best. Mm -hmm. He's the best in the biz. And sadly for Florida, even though I'm so impressed and Andrew Burnett, can we give him, uh, you know, some hand claps? This guy comes in after Joel Quenville had to resign for obvious reasons. And look what he's done. It's not just because you have great players. Doesn't mean you can mold them and create chemistry and suddenly have your players buy into you, even though you were an assistant. But he has earned himself a new deal. Um, so, but Florida's going to have to match up with Tampa along the way. It's just a given. I think, um, you know, when the surprise teams look out for Nashville, 
uh, and and uh, look out for the Bruins. Uh, and, you know, they're just kind of gelling at the right time. And Bruce Cassidy is another guy. Mike Sullivan and the Penguins. Frightening. Frightening right now. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about them because I always think in, in being in the same division as them, maybe it's not a think, maybe it's a hope. You hope that Sidney Crosby is going to be a step slower this year. You hope that Evgeny no Malkin is going to be hurt the entire year and not come back and play. <laughs> no, and, and then they do. That. Yeah, I know, but you know what I mean. You're, you're always hoping that they're you're always hoping that they're going to start their downward trend and then you play them and you go, these guys are the same guys that they were five years ago, seven years ago. I mean, they just keep coming. Sidney Crosby is like my favorite player. I think he's the greatest. I, you know, he has that, he has that Tom Brady lineage, right? You know, he's just never about, never makes anything about him. It's always about the team. He's a great leader and what he can do. And he makes others around him believe and he brings out the best in guys that you never know what their names are. That's what I love about Sid. And of course, you can't count out the Rangers uh, with their goaltending, with Igor Shesterkin. If he can stay healthy, anything's possible. The season that Chris Kreider's having, 30 goals as we speak. I know Columbus is going to play them. Um, I love Gerard Gallant. That hire was, I said it before the season began, players love playing hard for this pit bull. And that's what Gerard Gallant is. He rewards players who work hard, but he holds them accountable. And that's what the Rangers didn't have. And now they have it. So the Rangers will scare some people. You know, I like, I like the progression from the Predators. And when you look out West, you mentioned Calgary, no question with Markstrom and goal. You got you, you to look at the goalies who are strong. Mm -hmm. That's why if there's a, is a Achilles heel with the Penguins, I still worry about Tristan Jari. I know he's an all-star. I just want to, I have to see more when it matters most. But you know what you're going to get with some of these other guys. So, uh, you know, Calgary's going to be in the mix. Um, and, you know, um, Vegas with Jack Eichel. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, this guy is going to be like, you know, day one of kindergarten when he comes, you know, joins the team pilot. <laughs> like, what toy can I play with now? And he won't have any of the pressure, Bob. That's what I kept saying, why it's perfect fit for him once he returns at 100%, that he won't have that pressure being a captain. He's got all those stars, if they're healthy, the Pacioretty's, the Stones, et cetera, on that team, you know, with Robin Leonard in the net. So you never can count out the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's some of it. But right now, if you had to pick one, I would say Colorado. I just think they have something to prove after last year. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, I can't wait to see the show that Vegas puts on for the All-Star game. Yeah, I'll be there. I'm really excited. I wish I could just go there as a fan and still get paid. What are you going to do? <laughs> what's, your, what's your assignment in Vegas? I don't know yet. I find out Friday, actually, in a big Zoom call like oh, this. There you like, go. A, like a Zoom call, find out my role. I'll probably be, I don't know if I'll be between the benches in that one. I'd love to be in between the benches during the skills. If you said, Linda, what would you like to do? That's what I would like to do. Cause then I could be ice level to see all the tomfoolery, all the craziness with those guys where they're having fun with no pressure. Not that there's pressure in the actual game, but that's what I would love. Or I would love to be during the game down at ice level because three on three hockey at ice level, mm. unbelievable. It's lost. Three. Three on three hockey with the best players in the world. I mean, yeah. Like oh, yeah, the best that too. of the best players. That's in the right. World, right. That's right. Yeah. That too. Uh, so that's what I like to do. But I, I, I'll probably end up in a hosting role. But I'm just glad I'm there. I don't care what it is. Whatever it is, I'll do. I'm happy. Do we get to see you in a, in a Blue Jackets game or are you pretty much West Coast right now? Now, uh, you know, great question. I'm probably uh, probably just West Coast. Uh, I love Columbus. I love that city. Yeah. You know, I was talking about how Pittsburgh is a gem. 
that's what Columbus reminds me of. Is first of all, it's a great. Uh, we know about everything. It's well documented. Great college town. Great fans. I'm not just saying this because I'm with you and talking to the Blue Jackets audience. They know how I feel. Uh, but they're moving in the right direction. I just. Uh, I want them to continue this rebuild. I want them to like trade some of these, you know, the, these other guys that are going to be wanted. I think we all know the names that other teams would love to have. If you want me to list them, I will. Uh, but I think you know them. We know who but, they are. <laughs> I guess we all, they know who they are. I, hopefully they're not counting down the days, Bob, but uh, although we don't know. But um, you have to continue this rebuild. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that for obvious reasons the Blue Jackets have gone through. Uh, but once we know, I know this because of their time in the postseason, when they're winning, those fans are one of the loudest bunches in the NHL. They're right up there with the top of the top when that team is winning and that place is full and that Absolutely. cannon is going off. Cannon is Have going ever, off. Did you ever get used to the cannon, Bob? Yeah, I get used to it. I know. Um, I was just asked this. Somebody, you know when it's coming. Yeah. The, <laughs> the guys in Calgary had me on the other day and they asked me that question yeah. i said i said there's one time it goes off when there's not a goal scored and i know exactly when it is Ooh. and i love to look at the other broadcasters when they come in because jump they usually forget you know <laughs> and, and when montreal comes in and they have the french broadcast it's usually in the booth right next to us and they oh, always man. forget and I, I watch <laughs> those guys jump off their chair you know that's when that funny goes off. So, that's uh, great. yeah i've gotten used to it i know uh, i know when it is but uh it's it certainly it's certainly something that makes uh, nationwide arena exactly what it is yeah. and makes blue jackets what they are so it's yeah fun. no it's definitely fun well thank you for taking the time to uh catch up with me and with our fans i love watching you on espn of course you've got the Indecrease podcast with emily kaplan who we've had on before and she is terrific uh, a, a great insider for ESPN and you can get that podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast, right, Linda? That's, That's right. right. And also um, we have an incredible show in the crease, every hockey highlight all the time yep. on ESPN plus uh, nightly after all the games are over. And then are you on what, what day of the and week? That's are you I'll be on? That. What, what are you on with uh Sirius XM NHL radio with uh, Scott? And oh, Mitchell? well, every month, every Monday morning, Monday. I'm on with Sirius XM NHL network radio at 10 30 Eastern time with uh, Scotty Lachlan and Mike Johnson. And then uh, I hear you all the time. Find, yeah. The days run together. I, don't, I couldn't remember what actual oh. day it was because I was like, did we play yesterday? I can't. Yeah. Cause with the traveling, I mean, it's crazy. And then also I can be heard on Sirius XM Mantoke sports radio as well. Channel 82 at times uh, hosting um, for that one. So anyway, all good, all fun, all the time talking sports, talking hockey, especially. All right, Linda, thank you so much. I really, really do appreciate it. Uh, again, love your work, love everything you do. And I hope you enjoy yourself in Vegas. And I hope you get out there for the uh, the skills competition. Um, you know, whatever you got to do, maybe just sneak out there. What the heck? Yeah, uh, it won't be the first time I've snuck into some place I shouldn't have been. <laughs> Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Linda. All right, I appreciate Bob. it. Thanks for having me. That is Linda Cohn, Sports Center anchor, and so much more. She was great. So happy to have her on today's show. The Blue Jackets are back in action on Sunday night. They play in Montreal. Game gets underway at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will start at 6.30 on the Blue Jackets radio network and on Bally Sports Ohio. Again, the last road game before the All-Star break. The Blue Jackets will be right back on Monday at 7 o'clock at home in a back-to-back -back against the Florida Panthers. That will close out effectively what we call the first half leading into the All-Star break. That'll do it for today's edition of CBJ and 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Once again, thanks to Linda Cohn for being my guest, and thank you for being there, as always. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.